Consequence Podcast Network. Lock it up. You rock it up. Rock it rock up. It up. <laughs> rock it up. This episode brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. All right, fun fact about Nick B. Uh, during this quarantine, he's gotten a Disney Plus subscription. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. He better be blasted through the Mandalorian because that is awesome. Yeah, he said he only got it for Star Wars. Did he know he can watch Frozen 5,000 times in a row? No, but your kids do, That's don't they? <laughs> well, Nick B., I hope you're enjoying that Disney Plus subscription. This episode also brought to you by Ryan. Ryan. Ryan tried to get Fern and Spike, but I fought him in an alley and stole my plants back. Wait, what? Was it like a five minute long fight scene where you guys were just like walking up to each other and punching each other pretty slowly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I kept putting the plant right in his face and I said, this is Spike. He's not yours. And yeah. then you suplexed him? I did. Oh my I did. God. I broke a couple of pots, so I had to repot both the plants and That's they fair. almost died just because oh. of the fighting. That makes sense. But- yeah, it makes it. sense. Well, I'm glad that they made it through that process. Welcome back to another episode of The, the Patreonicals. Patreonicals. Oh, hello. Welcome, friends. Gather up during this quarantine <laughs> and listen to my tale. This week opens, Eddie has a village of people. And you remember we talked about it. It's like he's got animals working with well, humans. Well, yeah, because he can control animals just like Aquaman. Right. It's basically Dinotopia with... Dinotopia. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. I know what Mikey's been binging in with quarantine. Man- with mammals. <laughs> Mammaltopia? <laughs> so Eddie's kind of in charge, and he's been going out with trash pandas to go gather supplies. You can call you them raccoons, raccoons, please, That's Mikey. That's what they prefer. Yeah. How dare you? Wow, you guys. Wow. <laughs> he's deleting every occurrence of trash panda out of his phone right now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to make some Search adjustments. <laughs> uh, so anyway... <laughs> He took his uh, right-hand man, Derek, right, who Derek? killed 30 people. <gasps> Derek killed 30 cannibals, people? The, oh, the cannibal okay, virus. okay, okay. I got you, got you. Yeah. To save the village. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome. So Eddie and Derek are wandering the wasteland. Right. Okay. With trash pans. I mean, raccoons. There you go. Uh-huh. Eddie controls mammals because he can talk to them like Aquaman, like Todd right. said. Right. Okay. Isaac is living in sorrow because he accidentally destroyed the world. Yeah, he with didn't mean to. He just wanted to kill Matthew, Matthew right? Yeah. 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 And now that he's gotten his revenge, he feels empty inside and is watching the world burn. As it, irony. Yeah. This is character development. Some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> they needed um, shampoo for the village. That's a very specific need, but go okay. on. Well, lots of mammals smell very bad. They need to wash mm. the animals. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mammals have hair. Yeah, that's fair. They go to an old rundown like, pet store, uh, pet superstore. Okay. There's a cannibals all in it, and they have to cannibal zombies now. Okay. Right. That's the worst combination. Do they eat people or do they eat? Yeah. What zombies? is the distinction between cannibal and zombie? One specifically only wants brains. Some are alive and some are undead. Okay. Oh, so it's a mix of some cannibal, some yeah. zombie. Okay. So, Have they formed an alliance of some sort? No, no, no. It's just absolute chaos. Oh, okay. Pandemonium. Okay. Trash pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> so Eddie sends in the, tra- the raccoons. Right. To kill the zombie cannibal things. And uh, they do. And then they, <laughs> Mission accomplished. They, but they find a girl named Kate in there. A survivor? A survivor. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's unconscious. But she's okay. Right. Unhurt. She, she was allergic to Sunny D and skipped the virus. Oh, God. She's smart. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised anyone actually got sick by this no, virus. Yeah. But when it. they were rescuing her, they got attacked by some more. And um, Derek hopped off their rhinoceros because they're traveling on a rhinoceros. I yeah, have to tell you guys Absolutely. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's something you can gloss over when you're telling a story like this. Uh, to fight them off. Did he die? He distracted them. And he, he left. We don't know if he died or not. Oh, so he like 
sacrifice himself, but maybe got so away. He, like, he Jeff maybe Gold got away. himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the episode ends with the rhinoceros going just to the running plague. off into the yeah. sunset full of shampoo for animals <laughs> and an unconscious woman <laughs> and an unconscious woman. OK. And they're hoping the shampoo might wake Matthew up, but it's probably not. It, I mean, that's not what shampoo does. No, but they're, no. they're desperate. <laughs> Will the shampoo wake up, Matthew? Find out next week on another episode of The Patreonicals. Thank you. This episode finally brought to you by Chris. Chris wanted to remind everyone that you are loved. And we know that there's a lot of crazy shit happening and Mm -hmm. a lot of people are pretty scared right now. But we love you. We see you. We hear you. Um, You're not alone, even though you might be alone in your apartment. We or are, house. Yeah, right? or house right? or, know. you know, wherever. Hostel. Shanty yeah. town. <laughs> right. Maybe you're plotting to overthrow an alien race. Right. Yeah. Your I mean, sunglasses so, factory. Yeah, you're not alone, you know? guys. You are not Hug alone. Hug your trash pandas tight and stay safe out there. <laughs> and guys, if you want to reach out to an awesome community, join the Facebook group. Yeah. I came here to chew bubblegum and listen to theme music, and I'm all out of theme music. You're all out of bubblegum. <laughs> 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 so you're looking at everything like you're an animal experiencing a new object for the first time. What's this? There's microphones everywhere. <laughs> Welcome to the horror virgin, everybody. Oh my god. I'm, I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them, although not today. <laughs> Sometimes we do. But today we have a very special guest with us, Barrett from Cinema Sins. Hi, everybody. Welcome, Barrett. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This is fun. I got to watch a movie that uh, I haven't seen in years and really enjoyed it. (laughs) And it only took a global pandemic and a quarantine to get you on the podcast. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. You have no idea how hard that was to pull off. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to be with you guys, but I am I am remote. So if you haven't picked up on it by now, we watched They Live this week. Yeah, it's a Mikey on. Go month. back. <laughs> Go back to where? It's we Mikey just month. started. Yeah, I, I was is... saying that. <laughs> wait, so your first foray into Mikey month was They Live? Yeah. I cannot wait to see what you have in store for us this month. <laughs> Barrett just said he had seen it before. So Barrett, when was the first time you saw it? Oh, geez, probably in the mid to late 90s or so. Okay. And it was, yeah. right now, it's it's a cult classic. At that oh, yeah. point, mm-hmm. it was it was still ridiculed. Because, really? you know, it had this, oh, yeah, it had this, you know, ridiculous camp to it. It had the the famous <laughs> bubblegum line and all that stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and so we watched it as pure comedy and li- that it wasn't actually very good. And, and it probably still isn't. But uh, (laughs) it's now considered like a biting satire. And back when I saw it the first time, it was just a broad, stupid wrestler uh, taking on aliens. Yeah. I mean, I honestly want to see The Rock and Kevin Hart remake this because I feel like it is time for that movie to happen. But uh, yeah, but yeah, you're right. It it is like culturally significant for our time now, which is insane. I think it's still dumb. Oh, it's still a satire. Oh, yeah. But culturally and as a society, we've gotten so much worse than since it came out. Oh, yeah. And now it's genius. Well, because we haven't ever gotten rid of the whole Reaganomics thing that screwed up the 80s. I know too much about U.S. history. Mikey, you've seen this before, right? Yeah. Wait, let me just ask you this (laughs) one. How many times have you seen this movie? At least six. (laughs) 
He actually remembered wow. things that happened in it, so you know he's seen it more. Oh, yeah. Than you were just holding on for that end scene every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So, Jen, was this the first time you had seen it? This was the first time I'd seen it, and close to the first time I'd ever heard of it. Really? So, yeah, this is, really? this is not really a movie for Jens. <laughs> huh. That's surprising, Jen. Yeah. You usually like the crazy, almost the not horrors. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, this this movie to me is kind of like a house too. Like I watched it when I was around that age, yeah. and oh yeah, connected with it mainly because there's like no romance subplot or anything. Yeah. No, when Keith David gets sh- killed at the end, I lost my mind. I, I thought, know. oh my god, that's such a great twist. I mean, I think it's probably the best movie twist in any piece <laughs> of cinema ever. ever. <laughs> yeah. I choose to believe he did not get killed. That he Jeff Goldblumed himself. Listen, he and, derricked his way out of there, and yeah. I agree. I think he's fine. He's dead. Is he in the sequel? There, Is there, there a sequel? They did not make a sequel. They didn't More make a They Laugh, live. They Love. Yeah. I mean, this movie has a, everything. Aliens, fist fighting, guns, <laughs> blood. And because of Keith David, it has acting. Yeah. We have one actor in this movie. You don't need acting when you have everything else. <laughs> All right, Jen, let's get into this fucking Mikey. movie. All right. Okay, so we start with graffiti and a train and Rowdy Roddy Piper just like (laughs) sauntering across the train tracks. Yeah, very homeless looking. But like rich guy homeless. Very clean for a homeless man. Yes. Homelessman? A homelessman. A homelessman. He's like Stallone at the beginning of First Blood. You know what I mean? That's what we said. Yeah, absolutely. It is very Rambo-esque. Yeah. Yeah. He's homeless looking, but he's still looking pretty good, you know? Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. Too. Like homeless, but maybe at a campsite. I mean, I'd hit, I'd hit it. <laughs> <laughs> he had I mean, a lot of muscles. He can get it. Yeah. <laughs> Jen's not on this board with the This is not a it. thirsty. No, it is not. <laughs> Jen is on the record as not being attracted to Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. Unless he's wearing his kilt. Then it's a whole different story. Oh, yeah. well, what well, if you yeah. put the glasses on? <laughs> so I put the glasses on, mm. give him a bagpipe, and I'm into it. I'm a big John Carpenter fan, so I love this movie. Yeah, I was surprised this was John Carpenter because he did, like, The Thing, which is an amazing movie. And then he did this, which is also an amazing movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. It's a different kind of awesome. All right, so we've got him walk sauntering across the train tracks, and he's outside of a city, and we also commented on the music at this point. It is sort of insane. Like, the music sounds like it could have been for, like, a porn. I'll just say it. Like, yeah. porn music. <laughs> you, uh, oh. What kind of porn are you watching, Dad? Yeah, it would have to be, like, a very Western-themed uh, porn. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, sauntering porn. Hello, Pilgrim. Yeah. I'll say this. I do remember saying, as he's walking across the train tracks, I'm like, you know what this needs? A little saxophone. And then immediately a saxophone started playing, and I was yeah. like, I'm going to love this movie. And for a movie yeah. with a wrestler, I'm so sad that the saxophone was not played by a greasy guy in his underwear. Yeah, Lost Boy style? I know. Hell yeah, I'd be on board for that. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Honestly, he should be like the third sidekick in this. Yeah. I don't know how that guy didn't work in every movie after Lost Boys. Counterpoint. <laughs> Make a tape. This soundtrack's great. <laughs> no, I, I think it perfectly fits the movie. Great. Like, would you listen to it on your own? Probably not. No. But, I mean, maybe if, you know, you had a lady over after a little Tinder hookup, you know, type thing. Look, you turn I off, just wish when I made slow. dramatic statements, there was like a the dum dum. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Play afterwards. It, it honestly sounded like a Seinfeld scene transition every time that <laughs> something impactful happened. It was great. I loved it. Could have used a little more bagpipe. I, <laughs> I realized that his jeans were real tight, Jen, but you need to stop talking about his bagpipe. <laughs> nice. So, Jen, what happened next? So, the next thing that happens is it's raining. 
I wrote, it's raining, people are poor. Because <laughs> 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 there are like homeless people standing, people experiencing homelessness or just like it, poor like People experiencing folk. homelessness is what happens now. People in the 80s, they were just homeless. Well, that's yeah, true. that's what they were called. They were right. homeless people. Yeah. So he goes to an unemployment office and old lady uh, <laughs> job shamer. I forgot, I forgot about this scene. Yeah. <laughs> so old lady job shamer says, well, there's nothing available for you, Rowdy. And he's Sends from him on his way. Denver. He is from Denver. Oh, he's from Denver. Yeah. That's all we need to know about him. Well, and he's also married, but it's never talked about. Or at least he's wearing a wedding ring the entire movie, but I think it's he never just talked about. to take his ring off. I honestly think the <laughs> continuity director or whatever that person is on the first day of shooting was like, shit, he was wearing his wedding ring. Well, I guess he's married now. Right. In headcanon, his family's dead. <laughs> yeah, if you had read the book of this movie and prepared correctly, Jen, you would know that oh, his sorry, family was sorry. murdered in Colorado by, what are they, aliens? Snake people? I They're don't know. Aliens. Okay. So he's at the unemployment office and then he he does not get a job. So he finds a preacher on the street. So we see a preacher kind of standing on the street and giving us basically the point of the movie. Yeah. Like we, he's preacher's positioning. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. He seems like, if you guys have ever been to like a Comic-Con type event or just like a big event, you'll occasionally see like street preachers saying like really offensive shit to try and get people to like talk to them or whatever. It seems like that. But instead of him saying like horrible shit, He's saying some stuff that really makes sense to me. Uh-huh. And I was scared at how on board I was on for like the message of this movie, <laughs> yeah. how early it was. Didn't I have you guys yeah. pause it? And it was like literally 11 minutes into the movie. And I was like, I agree with everything that they're saying. And that terrifies me. Yeah, because he's saying, why do we worship greed? Um, they're, own- they're the owners. They have us and they control us. And just like we are slaves to this greed and this consumerism and commercialism. So now the cops are there and he's kind of running away. And we see him watching TV from outside somebody else's apartment. Yeah, and I love this scene. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when he's watching the TV, you can hear it perfectly and he mm-hmm. can hear it perfectly because he's like nodding along or like he's you can see there's some reaction on his face but the window's completely closed like well, there's no way he'd be able to hear it, anything it's because in the book it explains a little bit more about this he has like, these special ear glasses that he puts on over his ear how dare you use my in the book against me <laughs> uh, you guys are making a lot of jokes but the guy inside the house was very elderly and the TV was turned up very loud that actually true. could be true yeah <laughs> Eat it. (laughs) (laughs) So he now shows up at a construction site. Just looking for work. Mm -hmm. And he's got his own tools, guys. So, of course. Where does he have his own tools? I mean, I will grant (laughs) you that he has a backpack with a sleeping bag on it. But when he's talking to that guy... He didn't have anything with him. I mean, There's a hammer hanging out of his back pocket. If oh, you guys is there? Look. Excuse me. I stand corrected. Hey, My boss, bad. I've got a hammer. Right. Doesn't that mean I can be a construction worker? I mean, I think we can see by how tight his jeans are. That, that he's he packing some tools. Yeah. Tools. <laughs> Wherever he goes, he brings I don't want to say that this movie romanticizes homelessness. <laughs> but it kind of does. I mean, that everyone looks really clean and no one uses any drugs. <laughs> that yeah. is fair. But it's a union job. So anyways. Long story short, he gets some kind of construction job. <laughs> yeah, he talks himself into it with all the charisma that he is implied does. that he has. Oh, my okay, God. Okay, so he shows up, and he's construction working sans shirt, so we remember that he is a wrestler. Yes. He's buff. He's like 80s buff. He's not like now buff, Meaning but like, he's like 80s buff. Like steroids yeah. buff. He's been hitting the glamour muscles. Right, but his yeah. neck has a neck, which is funny to me. Mm-hmm. Those triceps or whatever these things are up here. The trapezoids. Trapezoids. trapezoids, yeah, that's what they're yeah. called. Definitely called trapezoids. <laughs> Aren't they? I have no idea, they John. Are. They're traps. I mean, I could ask my girlfriend. She's a personal trainer, but I have yeah. no idea. We get it. You have a girlfriend. I didn't mean to throw it in your face, Mikey. I'm very sorry. I get it, fam. I'm going to die alone. 
<laughs> I'm Roddy Roddy Piper, and this world is my alien occupied I mean, resistance movement. Of all of the movies I watched, I feel like you are closest to this character. Yes. <laughs> and I honestly think you are as good of an actor, if not better, than Rowdy Roddy Piper. This is uh, this has come up a couple of times about his acting. Or lack thereof. Wait, are you about to hot take and say he deserved an Oscar for this? It's the subtlety. <laughs> it is interesting. I think Roddy Piper plays the character the way Carpenter wrote that character. I'm not saying he's a good actor at all. I'm well, just saying I agree. Yeah. He is good in this role. I think that's true. And it reminds me a little bit of like Neo in the Matrix. No, he he plays it like (laughs) he he has the same kind of lines as Kurt Russell in The Thing. He's just a way less great of an actor. Yeah, I would say Kurt Russell's a little bit better than Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah, (laughs) but it's basically the same character. I bet he has total 16 lines of dialogue in this entire movie. But a lot of uh, staring. A lot yeah. Of oh, yeah. I'm not saying I don't like him in this movie. I think he's awesome. And he's like perfect for what this movie's tone is and all that mm-hmm. stuff. He's just not a good actor. Yeah, I agree. I, hate I agree. Guys. It does make me wonder like <laughs> if somebody else like if Kurt Russell had played this role. You know, oh, my God. Would I would like. love Kurt Russell to have played this role. He's had that hat. Keith David is kind of faux Ernie Hudson. <gasps> Yes, he is. Bobo Ernie Hudson, mm-hmm. Keith David. Maybe Keith David turned into the thing at the end of The Thing. That's and the what I'm thing talking that about. he turned into was Rowdy Roddy Piper. This is a sequel. Oh How do you think they got God. to The Thing? <laughs> they, he thought it was going to be Kurt Russell. That's why he didn't have any belongings, because he'd been walking from Antarctica. Oh, my God. And God. sailed a ship for a little bit, too. Um, construction time. And we see Keith David, who I love, love, love. He's um, great in this, yeah. He is, yeah. So, and this is bizarre. So Keith David comes up because we find out that Rowdy Roddy Piper can't get paid till Thursday. But I mean, it's like Monday, What's right? He he's do? talking about being homeless, and Keith yeah, David. And the foreman came over and was like, "Hey, you can't sleep here." Right? Really? That's like okay. I get it. I'm homeless. Stop exactly. throwing at my face, jackass. But so Keith David's like, "Hey, I know a place where you can get some food and shelter if you follow me." And Rowdy Roddy Piper has taken a vow of silence <laughs> and does not respond to this. <laughs> this is. This is where the movie gets good. No, this is insane <laughs> because they walk off together and then the next scene you see Keith David walking probably, what, 20 steps in front of Rowdy Roddy Piper and then he turns around and says, I don't like when people just follow me without saying why. Keith David literally just said, hey, follow me. I'll show you where this place is. Exactly. Okay, I need you all to close your mouths and open your minds. <laughs> Are you our first grade teacher right now? <laughs> Roddy Roddy Piper plays this character like a stray dog who can't talk. <laughs> That's so true. when Keith David says, I know a place where you can get food and shelter, he just follows him. Yeah, he says, go on, get, get. <laughs> and then he has to be mean to him at the end, so Roddy Roddy Piper will think he doesn't love him anymore. He had to beat him into submission in that scene for the <laughs> yeah. sunglasses. Yeah. The dog was just trying to do the best thing for him. <laughs> oh, my God. Guys, don't hit your pets. That's no. horrible. No, the pet was beating up Keith David. That's fair, yeah. He just kept jumping up on him. It was self-defense from Keith David. I think technically it was. We'll get there, Mikey. Well, so they have their little weird conversation. Um, and so in, they end up walking together, and they get to this camp. Homeless camp. Shanty, shanty town. Shanty town. But it's a, like a pretty functioning one. Like there's, It's outside a church, and there's like they can go to the bathroom. And so they start talking, and we find out that Keith David has a wife in Detroit, but he got laid off. And then we get a Keith David speech that I completely agree with about um, (laughs) Steel Mill got bailed out, but instead of like, they got money, but instead of helping their workers, they just gave themselves raises. And if they close close one more factory, we should take a sledgehammer to their cars, which is going to happen. I mean, we are legit about to experience 
that with the CARES Act. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's basically Occupy Wall Street as an alien invasion movie. Yeah. Which is why I love it so much. (laughs) Not what Occupy Wall Street became, but what it was when it first started. Right. So he's giving this speech and talking about they put you at the starting line and it's all everybody for themselves, but you eat like dog eat dog world, you know, which is interesting because Rowdy Roddy Piper is is a dog. dog. Yeah. Yeah. In a human body. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the dog has a Patronus and the Patronus is Rowdy Roddy Piper. That is, yeah. (laughs) Expendo Piper! (laughs) And look, I watched Rowdy Roddy Piper growing up. I've got a soft spot for him. Oh, yeah, you Now we cut to a Lee Press on Nails commercial, which I really appreciate it. You guys have seen RoboCop, right? No. Yeah. Yes. What? I feel like this movie does like satire of 80s culture as well as uh, RoboCop. Does. I'd buy that yeah, for that, a dollar. That, there's a couple of moments in here that are very Paul Verhoeven-esque, mm-hmm. very much over the top, campy stuff, like Total Recall, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that press on nails in particular... Uh, trip me out because there's one moment where she's like typing and then she reaches over and just stabs a piece of cheese with one of her nails. Yeah. <laughs> what? You I missed that. Oh my God. I, I demand we rewatch this movie right now. <laughs> I appreciated seeing myself represented on screen. Yeah. With, with yeah, both yeah. the nails and love of cheese. Right. And typing. <laughs> I mean, which one of us took the notes for this movie? That's fair. You were typing while this was going on. Yeah. And check out the nails. Guys, they are very long. It's actually just one her one pinky nail that's very long. But basically the, the message <laughs> Wow. Basically the message of the movie is that like the top earners hoard all the wealth and like there's ec- the culture of excess and all that stuff. They're basically like what we're living yeah, now. Yeah, the movie's message is about what we're dealing with today and what they were dealing with then too, to be honest with you. Right. The shrinking middle class and Keith David's monologues like, we're all just trying to stab each other in the back to get ahead and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I read an article that I'll link that said they live was a warning and we did not listen. Like, <laughs> Holy shit, yeah. that's insane, mm-hmm. but 100% accurate. <laughs> yep. Okay, so as this Lee Press on Nails commercial is happening, um, there's a hacker that breaks in and he's kind of talking about a lot of what we're talking about. Yeah, like, he's like on the TV. So yeah, it's like yeah. static break in and he's like, you know, they're all among us. They're yeah. pitting us against each other. We're cattle or slaves mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and everybody gets headaches for some reason. Yeah. I think it's because the break-in transmission gives them headaches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like feedback or a different frequency or something. Yeah, because it's like trying to overpower the signal that's always going through the yeah. TVs, <laughs> right, right? Right, Something like that. And it could be that like the, just the, the two things coming together in people's brains <laughs> is hard. I do think that if we dig too much into this movie, <laughs> we're not going to love the pay dirt we hit. So maybe yeah. we should back away from the technology uh, of it all. Basically, <laughs> listeners... Um, there's an alien race embedded in our race. They're in like, yes. they control everything. They transmit us to be subservient. And I think they're from planet one percentington. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> planet <Definitely>. capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they're from Alpha Centauri because it says it on the transporter scene. That's fine. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Look at you being smart with your brain. It's the closest star to the sun. Yeah. Oh. It has planets orbiting it. But if they're from the sun, you can't be from a sun. They're just from that. Are we really digging into this? Like, I don't think we should dig too deep into this, guys. because you're a sci-fi virgin. So if you're you're going to Earth, you're going to the soul system because soul is the name of the sun. Okay. If you're going to the Alpha Centauri system, you're not naming the planets around it. You're naming the star which they okay. orbit. Welcome back to We Explain Space to Jen. <laughs> yeah. I know you've never been there. I have not visited <laughs> space and never care to, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> Fuck you, NASA. 
So it's getting fuzzy and they're getting headaches. And But what he's saying is they're safe as long as they aren't discovered. And they have to keep us asleep and keep us selfish and keep us like fighting with each yeah. other. Yeah. And we're also cutting to the priest guy and he's like talking along with the transmission. And I thought that that would come back at some point, but they never referenced oh, that he again. He definitely just wrote the speech. Oh, yeah. He's like the ghost writer. Uh, yeah. He's like, ah, I fucked up that line. <laughs> so now we find someone at the camp who is not Meatloaf. But he but... looks a lot like Meatloaf. Yeah. yeah he's he like... looks like current day Meatloaf gone back in time to the 80s. That's true. Not 80s Meatloaf. Wow. You have not seen current day wow. Meatloaf. <laughs> I did not see Meatloaf at all in that character. That's hilarious. Oh, though. really? The, idea of the Meatloaf from the future time traveled back. To the, the, yeah. the 1988, just to be in this movie. Yeah, man. Okay, so <laughs> Not Meatloaf is talking to the preacher from the beginning and like shooing him back in. And so they're in cahoots. So then he confronts Meatloaf the, the next, next day, day about the preacher. He said, you had to use the church uh, at 4 a.m.? Well, yeah, churches, I mean, God lives there all the time. He lives everywhere all the time. Does he? All right, so back to the hacker. He's talking about dismantling the sleeping middle class and bring bread for slavery, and the signal keeps going out. And so Roddy Roddy Piper is inside the church, and he's kind of church-vestigating. And he goes in, <laughs> <laughs> and he sees what basically looks like a meth lab. Like, yeah, it does. Like yeah. beakers and, like, the triangle beakers. Mm-hmm. And- I actually do sort of like this scene because they have, like, these big fuck-off speakers set up that are playing like people singing church hymns and stuff to Uh make it seem like it's a real church. It's the perfect cover. It is the perfect cover. Mm. A, it's a church. Why would you ever go in there? (laughs) Secondly, if you're walking by and you're wondering what is going on in there, you hear church hymns and that makes sense. Unless it's like a Tuesday you're like, why is there like church hymns at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday? Or four in the morning, Mike. (laughs) You never know when the choir's got to practice, guys. Yeah, you practice at off hours. And then the good choir practices on Tuesday nights. Fair enough. I know, I was always in the good choir. So, um, he sees the meth lab and we are seeing in the next room that this is a fake like church and that they are conspiring to like get this message out and we see on the wall we see it says they live yeah they wrote the name of the movie on the wall so that's that's the important thing Rowdy Rowdy Piper just like can't walk in this movie so he bumps over (laughs) he does trip over a lot of (laughs) shit in this movie yeah and honestly I know Mikey I get why you love him so much he is the strong silent type <laughs> and very clumsy, and I feel like those are things that I would associate with you. Yeah, and Mikey loves bubblegum too. And, so. I do love bubblegum <laughs> and asses. <laughs> And I'm all out of asses. (laughs) (laughs) So he finds a secret compartment in a wall, but before he can investigate it, he gets jump scared by the preacher. Yes. (laughs) Jid jumped. I did. I mean, it was scary. (laughs) I didn't know he was coming. And listen, when walking around a church, you don't want to have a preacher pop up behind you. And this is before coronavirus, because he's like, I've got to touch your face because I'm a blind preacher. And he gets all up in there. That's true. He was blind? (laughs) I completely missed that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, was he felt his face and then touched his hands. I, I, I swear to God, I just thought he was a creepy preacher. I they had no led him idea. Across the road, like now we're crossing the road. I now we're stepping up on. The... I had no idea Did he was blind. The scene where he sculpted the face of Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> is it Rowdy you're looking for? Put my sunglasses on your face. <laughs> Roddy retreats out of the church. Yes, he does. Yes, but he does overhear them talking about you know sending out the, the shit. We need to reach more people. Right, right. But they don't say sunglasses, they say shipment. The details just non important. Yeah, they're not at all. As I told Todd and Jen Barrett, I said, we just got to have him put the glasses on and we can start the movie. Yeah, I wrote 
wrote down when you said that in the movie. We'll get there. So he goes outside, and I think there's a helicopter, and he cons. Oh a, yeah, there is. He cons a homeless person out of giving away his binoculars, um, so he can just check out this church. It's a homeless boy, and he was like, "Hey, I'm Roddy Piper. I need those binoculars." He's like, "Okay, sir." But how will I Yeah, see? yeah. They were real happy about it, too. He was yeah. just like, yeah, sure, man. I look like MacGyver for some reason. I thought that was Richard D. Anderson, by the way. Oh, my God. He did look like a baby RDA. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Dude, oh, my God. I had a crush on him back in the day. And honestly, once Rowdy Roddy Piper saves him, you never see him again because he had to run up no. to the Stargate to help fight these people from that side of it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wait. Wasn't Kurt Russell in the movie Stargate? Yeah. <gasps> Holy oh, shit. Yeah. This thing Get goes ready. all the way to the It all town. connects. It goes all the way to Carpenter. It's all in the same universe. <laughs> oh, my God. The thing the they live, universe. Stargate, all in the same universe. I am here for that team up. What about Halloween? I personally think Michael is only trying to kill the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he has to wear the mask, because the mask is where he sees the aliens. I'm going to take your concept and say he is an alien, but also clinically insane, and they didn't know what to do with him. That's why he can't be killed. That makes sense. <laughs> and yeah. he just doesn't have his watch, so he can't disappear. And he can't speak the local language. <gasps> oh, my vision. God. It makes too much sense does, for it not yeah. to be true. <laughs> I mean, it makes about as much sense as this movie does. Guys, if you believe this, I have a flat earth theory I want to talk to you about. <laughs> No, Keith David. Wait, hold. Yeah, Keith David comes over and Captain Morgan's behind. <laughs> so hard. Barry, did you see how high he got his leg on he that thing behind him? him? He just wanted to, to show off, you know, leg oh, day. Oh, yeah. He was doing leg day and <laughs> wanted, to, wanted to throw it up there. Well, he's acting against a professional wrestler. So yeah. he's got to show his muscles off. Oh, he definitely does. He's yeah. like, look at how flexible I am. Right. Look at this hip well, thruster. Well, it's interesting because the first <laughs> shot that we get of Keith David is of him admiring the work from afar oh, of yeah. uh, Roddy Piper. And he's like, because oh he's got God, a shirt right. off. Because he was about to to kind of like raw, not raw dog it. What? Uh, uh, just kinda... <laughs> <laughs> what sorry, is this, sorry. Roadhouse? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's true. He was That's true. he was about to like take a break and then he saw how hard uh, Roddy Piper was working. Yeah, and he, was he was like, God damn, hard. I need to get in on that. And so like, yeah, yeah, so he, <laughs> Game respect game, obviously, yeah. for this yeah, guy. That's I what mean, it is. he did invite him back to his place. He did. See, yeah. so anyway, wait, Roddy Roddy Piper, he, he posts up just across the street from the church with binoculars, not that far away, 30 yards maybe. No, right. you could see it easily from <laughs> yeah. where he's sitting, and then he puts the binoculars up. And this scene's great because Keith David just, Captain Morgan's, he goes, what are you doing? He's like, nothing's none of your business. And then the scene ends. Well, no, not before Keith David gives a speech that reverses everything he said in the previous speech. Like, oh, you yeah. gotta look out for yourself. What are you doing here, man? That's a church. Leave that church alone. <laughs> it's not our business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. And then, cut to night, and Rowdy Rowdy Piper is still, still looking at the binoculars. I know. Binoculars. So, feasibly, he's been there with binoculars in open view looking at a church for seven hours. Right. And no one has come and been like, Hey, what are you doing? And right. this is the next day. Well, so, okay. In uh, all fairness, the priest is blind, so that's true. <laughs> no one noticed. I wonder how he lost his lost his last job. I mean, if this is the next day, <laughs> and he immediately just takes binoculars and stakes out a church instead of working. Yeah, he, oh, he worked true. on that construction site for one day. <laughs> Asked if he could sleep there and when they got paid and then never showed up again. I think I know why Rowdy Roddy Piper got fired from his last job. Yeah. Well, and then the next time he shows up, he beats the shit out of one of the workers. <laughs> but we'll get there. So then he is binocularizing, but then he looks up and there's a helicopter there. Again. 
which yeah. is great. Right. <laughs> so this our second helicopter. There's sighting. a lot of helicopters in this movie. And then, Barrett, I'm a big fan of helicopters. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well, this is this is for you. You know, obviously, it's just <laughs> yeah. a helicopter that's just shown you know multiple times. Now this is revealed. The helicopters are actually revealed to be the UFOs, right? Like once once you actually put the the glasses on, I know I'm skipping ahead oh, a little. Are bit. they? Uh, oh, I missed... thought they were little drones. They, I thought they, they were little drones UFOs. too. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean that's the, that's those the drones thing. might be in addition to the helicopters, but they're not actual uh, helicopters. Okay. Is that what you're saying? Like when you put the glasses I thought, on? I, correct. I thought that they were actually UFOs. I think you're uh, right in disguise. <gasps> Yeah. I think the one at the end was an actual helicopter. Okay. Because he has the he's got the contacts in. Well, I got you. I think they might have forgotten a little bit about the contacts thing in some of the They got a little lazy towards scenes. the end. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. No, he did. It's all canon. So we got the helicopter and the people from the church are fleeing with these boxes of sunglasses and just trying to get out. And then there's a riot. And we see people like walking down the street with their little Wait, riot do you mean shield. a riot or do you mean do the cops attack yeah, yeah. with a fucking bulldozer a cop and start bulldozing <laughs> people? One thing I love about the cops in this movie is that they throw flares wherever they are intending to go. But behind them. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, well, there's like one guy on the unit just lighting flares and throwing them above his head as they walk around. <laughs> He's the flamer the flare on the squad. <laughs> they fuck up this town, they man. Do. Like it takes yes. forever. It's not just like, oh, there's a bulldozer. Oh, there's Total destruction. It takes like probably I'm going to estimate like an hour and forty five minutes for this scene oh, to yeah. play out Fun of fact. them bulldozing the fuck out of this city. It's like okay, we get it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they, and, I mean, it's it's mean. Like they're just bulldozer in all these towns. These yeah, little, I think at this point it establishes the cops are evil and they're in on it. <sighs> and the way they do this, like thirty people probably died during that whole operation. Yeah. Oh yeah. It bulldozes it like a like a van. This lady is inside of when they start bulldozing it. Yeah, and so which I'm laughing, but it's terrible. But it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like the people wearing those like big riot shield things, and then a couple of extras like run up, kind of <laughs> like Red it's Rover Red Rover. Style. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, it's like, ridiculous. Yeah. It is. A you don't play fun. Red Rover with riot cops, dumbass. I know, but it's it's like two yeah, or three do. of them. Counterpoint: <laughs> If they call you over, you have to go. You do. Yeah. <laughs> That's a rule. Of that game. <laughs> but I do love how this scene ends because it really is just Rowdy Roddy Piper running over and then like tumble rolling over a hill. Yeah. Oh my God. He falls a lot in this movie. He film. falls down hills a lot in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this is the first time we see that. But even at this point, we, we stop seeing the bulldozer batshit destruction of Shantytown. But this is when he like finds the guy he stole the binoculars from. And yes, I'm saying stole because he never gave them back, Mikey. But he uh, and then he finds him and saves him. So he walks past the church and he sees like the the people like the preacher and one of the other like leaders of the resistance getting beat by the police. Oh, yeah. 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 In and, the alley. Yeah. And then he and there's like graffiti that says irony right behind them. And <laughs> <laughs> Some of the graffiti yeah. in this movie is on point. Um, and so then he walks over to the next little um, police are going to beat you up area. And there is been binoculars guy yes I'm sorry no more binoculars baby guy. richard dean anderson yeah yeah that's yeah. right um but he's like huddling hiding and so rowdy rowdy piper picks him up and drags him into the the church or an apartment and or hugs him for some reason well, the whole time yeah richard dean anderson is nervous and scared but and he's like 25 he's still yeah. sad about trying binoculars. to make it hollywood <laughs> he is sad about the <laughs> so they did they do find it in a room with a, a homeless other people and then he yeah. like he's like go to that family and then the, the man just hugs him instead of yeah him. and if you recognize 
recognize those people. They come back in later because yeah, they're they at the big resistance party. That's Bobo, Chevy Chase, and like his sister Actually, or wife I think or whatever. She mentions that she has a headache, Dad. Like, hey, Dad, I've got a headache. And oh, it could be his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they, so they were in the shantytown to begin yes. with. But there's a guy smoking a joint there that I don't know if we've seen before. So it's the next day, and Roddy Piper goes to the ruins of the shantytown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where Jen, Jen points out there's a family surging through burnt sweaters. Oh, yeah. While a commercial for sweaters is on. Yes. But this is when the plot starts picking up. Oh, yeah, because he's about to find those sunglasses. This is when Mikey said, and I quote, just find the fucking glasses and get this shit over with. I know, and I turned to Mikey and I was like, you picked this movie. No kidding, man. The first 30 minutes of this movie are interminable. I know we're world building and everything. We're building suspense and and that kind of thing. But man, I mean, get to the 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 sunglasses for God's sake. Thank you, Barrett. Yeah. So he goes back to the church and then he straight up wrestling kicks into the wall. To get these boxes out. Which yeah. he just nudged to get in last right. time. But he kicks it as hard as he can. And that's when you know the action's going to ramp up. Oh, yeah. I do just love that he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a wrestler. I should kick something. Right. It's ridiculous. What else am I going to do? Oh, it, and awesome. When I say it's ridiculous, it's also fucking red. I'm on board for it. So he finds the, the box of glasses. <laughs> All right. So, um, he's, but he's just grabbed this box out of the wall. And he goes into the alley and he opens And it's just a bunch of shitty black sunglasses. He tries to find like the treasure underneath the glasses and he's like, oh, it's just glasses. <laughs> right. Oh, man. And so he like rage throws them away and he's so mad that he No, he's hiding them. Oh, was he? In the trash can? Mm-hmm. It's genius. He's not genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, everything, all the trash in this in this movie is just cardboard and paper. Yeah. Yes. No, like, like Chinese food? Banana skin peels or anything. Yeah, no Chinese Yeah, like coffee food, grounds. No detritus of any kind. It's just literally... Recycle material. I mean, they literally uh, called that are, Dunder that are, Mifflin and said, "We need five five thousand <laughs> yeah, yeah. reams of paper." And then they took the big ass boxes yeah. those reams came in and ripped them up, and then just threw the paper everywhere. Right. He takes the pair of sunglasses with him. Yeah, because it might be sunny that day. It might be. And so he's walking down the street. So he puts the sunglasses on, and he notices that there's a billboard that used to say like billboard stuff, and now it says it's all white and in big black letters it says "Obey." And he thinks, hmm, that's weird. The so coolest he- part about these sunglasses is that the world is in black and white now. Yeah, it's like Pleasantville. It is a lot like, <laughs> I was about to say, this movie is exactly like Pleasantville, Jen. Right. You're right. And then he sees another one with like a swimsuit model on it. And that one it, with the sunglasses on says, marry and reproduce. And that's one that I particularly appreciated. And then he's putting them on and looking around and he's seeing consume over all of the signs. And so there are like all of these messages on all of the products. Subliminal, Subliminal messages. messages. Yeah. yeah. And then he walks up to a newspaper seller vendor place and he's like looking through and all of the pages are like this too and he looks up and he sees a guy with an alien mask on is it a mask Jen? they look like fly people without skin but their skin is kind of like melty too you know yeah oh, they they're sort ugly. of disgusting yeah. looking they look like aliens but everything else about them looks the same yeah I'll tell you what I actually uh, I, I was surprised with how well these effects held up actually I, I was too they, they are a little bit campy uh-huh. yes they are but campy. like I, I don't know. They were better than I, I remembered them being. I mean, they fit in with the movie, I think. Okay, and so the guy like walks on, and then the guy who sells the newspaper comes up, and we notice what the money says, and the money says, this is your God on it. I loved that. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> and then uh, we see like a circulating like speaker, 
and it says sleep, sleep, sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so he's walking around and he's starting to see that there are these aliens just kind of mixed into everyday life. And I'd say like maybe one out and of 50? three people. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, maybe let's split the difference. One out of ten. People yeah, okay. Let's see one out of ten. Yeah, because there's a lady like, well, and there's a rich, fancy lady who's like commanding her servants, and she's an alien person. Yeah, absolutely. But what we're seeing is it's not everybody, but they are like. You might say it's like 1% of the people in the U.S. Ooh. Yeah, are aliens. It does seem to be a lot of the rich people. It's well, yeah. only rich people. Did you miss the point of this movie? Well, some are first responders. <laughs> well, that's true. That's fair. So he goes into a grocery store. And but this grocery store only has them in there. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's a Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah it's old a- Whole Foods. <laughs> so she's seeing an old lady, and this was funny—the interaction between the two of them because she's got her formaldehyde face, and he says, "You look like your head fell in cheese dip in the seventies." <laughs> <laughs> this lady looks normal. And, and she's then, like, well, I never. Oh, I do declare. Can I just say, I think my favorite line, aside from the bubblegum line, because mm-hmm. obviously, but when he goes, you lady, you look fine, but this lady, real fucking ugly. <laughs> yeah. I think that that is his best bit of acting in the entire movie. Yeah. You could tell he really he meant it. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the whole movie needed to be at that intensity, and it would have sold. Yeah, you mean like I, a Yeah, Leslie absolutely. Show? Yes. And everybody's like, why is he picking on this old lady? But she's an alien, but no one can see it. Right. Uh, and I do like yeah. that at right, right now, all he's doing is like, you know, yelling at a lady who's an alien. Right. But five minutes from now, he has murdered eight people. <laughs> I also like the scene because he's picking on her and then he falls over in the gro- it just falls over in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, because he's very clumsy, Mikey. Just like you. Yeah, I he can, does knock I over can. a bunch of flowers. But so she speaks into her wristwatch and says, one of them can see us. And then I liked this. Like everybody in the grocery store, all the alien faces start to like come and like walk towards him. One of us. Yeah. It's sort of like that sort of moment. Yeah. I like how he's talking about that. He's like, I don't like this at all. <laughs> he does narrate a lot of his thought process. <laughs> it's almost like he's not a great actor. <laughs> Now he ends up back in an alley. This is when the cops come up to him. Yeah. And yes. fortunately for him, they're alien cops, so he has full right to kill them. Yeah, they right. come up, they like draw their guns, or they like they mm-hmm. like pretend to they're like they have their their hand on their hip. They're like, Hey man, we can work this out. Yeah. This could work well for you. Yeah, you could you make a lot of money off the, of this. Yeah, yeah. Because you know the truth. Right. They don't really say those things, but they're implying those things. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, We we, we don't want to hurt you, blah, 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 blah. And then Roddy Piper's like, Oh yeah, come closer. It'll be great. He hits them in the face and then shoots them. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, he's, he shoots one of them and he says, oh, so you can die just like we do. And then the other one jumps up behind him and tries to hit him. But Roddy Roddy Piper's a wrestler, so he knocks him over and then shoots him. So he murdered two cops, but they were aliens, so it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine that he murdered cops. And then at this point, he's just all in for violent rebellion because he goes to the cop car, steals a shotgun and ammunition. And both the nightsticks. Yeah. Yeah. And he just slings him over his shoulder and yeah. then walks into a bank. He straps up. Man. Did you guys get the impression that he did not mean to walk into the bank like that seemed yeah. like it was almost an accident to me because mm-hmm. he doesn't he does not rob the bank no he just he doesn't. goes there to and i'll use his words chew bubble gum and kick ass <laughs> yeah and i do believe he's out of some gum <laughs> would you believe that he ad-libbed that line i wouldn't 
I probably would. It's not a great line. It's hilarious. I've got fun facts about that line. What? You want it now? Barrett Bear wants it now. Okay, so because Roddy Roddy Piper, I don't know if you guys know this, but he is a professional wrestler. Huh, and, really? Yeah, and they say a lot of cheesy bullshit on those shows. He kept a little notebook where he would write down those lines, and uh, he gave it to John Carpenter when he was writing the script, and John Carpenter said this was the best one, and he picked it out. So he was going to be, I mean, he could have been like, hey, Undertaker, I came here to chew <laughs> bubble gum and smash chairs and kick your ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Like, <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> I really want to see what's in that notebook. Like, what are the lines that didn't rejected. make it? Yeah, because that line, it's hilarious and awesome. Awesome, yeah. but it's not a great line. I want to see the ones that didn't make the We've cut. Pro- they've probably been used. He's, he's continued to wrestle. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> there are some lines in this movie that, I mean, I wrote some of them down. So, But he does proceed to kick ass yeah. in this scene. And by kick ass, mow down a bunch of people in a bank. Yeah. Dude, there was one shot where he shot a guy with that shotgun and like the blood goes back on the wall. It's pretty fucking brutal. It's awesome. He only kills yeah. the aliens, people. Yes, he does not. That's I don't think, true. and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think it killed any humans in this movie. I think no it's humans only were aliens during the making of this because movie. the one human he was gonna kill at the end, like teleported away. He killed Holly Thompson. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, no, but she deserved girlfriend. it. He kills all of these aliens in the bank, mm-hmm. and then cops start coming to the front door or whatever, and then he sneaks out the side door. You're yeah. forgetting that he tries to kill one. But it vanishes. Oh, yeah. Yes, this is when we first see a teleportation. Mm-hmm. A teleportation. Okay, so he's out in the alley. Yeah, because after robbing a bank, he just sneaks into the alley and no one right. can find him. Now, he does see another cop who just walks right up to him. But it's <laughs> not an alien cop, so he lets right, him go. Right, he lets him go. Yeah, he's right. like, drop it, copper. Yeah, because he's still got a heart of gold. Can I say another one of my favorite lines is, beat your feet. Oh, I got another. Okay, so because when he's nice. wa- talking into the watch, he sees one of them and he says, mama don't like tattletales. Oh, yeah. That was oh, my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. So now we're seeing um, a woman walking to the car who we find out is going to be the love interest. And by Holly love interest, Thompson? I mean Holly Thompson. Yes. And by love interest, I mean lady who has more than two consecutive lines in this movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this movie does not pass the Bechdel test. Oh, no. It, does not. <laughs> uh, it actually stomps on the Bechdel test. Well, th- there's really only one female character in it. There's old lady job shamer from the beginning. Okay, that's fair. And then there's the homeless guy's mm. daughter, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to defend Mikey movies for a second. <laughs> Good luck. They're like pre-puberty movies. <laughs> you mean like, for you? We're like... They don't really objectify women. There's that scene at the end, but I mean, like, they just don't exist. It's like the mind of an 11 year old boy. It's yeah. like guns, aliens true. fighting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like, I, it doesn't really bother me that much that there really aren't any women, but because they're really not that objectified. Right. You know, it doesn't really bother me. It's just, it is notable. This I is- would dare say Holly Thompson's pretty empowering. I do like her character. <laughs> She's probably my favorite until the very end when she does something. Yeah, I mean, I was on board for her until the very, very end. All right, look, if we're talking about Meg Foster's appearance, I got to say something here. Okay. Because uh, I know it's the 80s and everything, but does nobody have any Visine on that set? (laughs) True. (laughs) Yes. This poor woman, I mean, she looks like she hasn't slept in like six days. Yeah, when you're on that much cocaine. So basically, Roddy Piper stalks a woman getting to her car, Yep, pulls out a gun, and is like, hey, take me to your place. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you married? My yeah. favorite part of this scene is like they pull out of the parking garage, and there's two cop cars speed by, and then 30 cops jogging. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I said that they, they were the cardio squad, and then Jen said they're uh, the cross country police. They're the cross, cross country cops, is what you said. Cross Jen. country cops. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. That's the spin Gotta off keep of in Reno shape, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I get it. Every once in a while, they have to stop and shit because you know running for long periods of time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jen. What does it do to you? You guys never not know anybody who was on the cross country team. Anyway, so the perils of cross country cops aside, right. um, they're driving and they're in the car, and he keeps like almost falling asleep, and then she. And then, like, being mean to her. You well, know? it's exhausting killing 30 aliens. Yeah, that's true. He's had a busy day, Jen. And sunglasses, you know. <laughs> and she's like, where do you want to go? And he's like, are you married? <laughs> it is the, the most awkward conversation ever. He's not good with women. No, and they have zero chemistry. <laughs> Mikey, you're a lot like this guy. <laughs> yeah. So she get, they get back to her Wait, house. but Rowdy Roddy Piper is married. He never hits on anybody in this movie. Well, I mean, he He's does take Holly a woman right back now. to her no, he house. Doesn't. He just wants to go back to her house to be safe because he has to run away. That's what they all say. He never yeah. flirts with her at all. He, he doesn't have to flirt. He's got her hostage. That's right. He's well, no, control. Okay. Stop. <laughs> I just want to put this out there. Mikey is about to defend someone who took a woman hostage and is now taking her back to her house alone. If I had to kill 30 alien invaders <laughs> oh, and I'm God. running from the police who are controlled by the aliens and right. I tell a woman to take me back to her house just to hide. This is right. about how it would play out. This is about how it would play out. <laughs> okay. And then they get to their house and then she's like, you can do whatever you want to me. Yeah. And he's like, Does she say that? Yes, yeah. she does. But she's a hostage. She That's says, true. you can do whatever you want to me. Just don't guns. hurt me. Yeah. Right. And, and he's I, like, because she's terrified for her life, yes. Mikey. And, and then, I do appreciate that she keeps reminding him, no, 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 we're not friends. You're not crashing in my yeah. place. Like, you are in charge You're because you've got two guns. Yeah, you're I not did appreciate surfing. that. I also yeah. appreciate that that all went over his head. And he's like not aware of how creepy the situation is. He's like, so your name's Holly? Like, what do you do for a living? Right, exactly. <laughs> and we find out that he works for, she works for the news station. The, yeah. Channel 56 yeah. cable or whatever, which yeah, happens yeah. to be the alien station. But, but he never says she's pretty. I mean, he never like makes any weird comments. He's just like, I just need to rest. It's really tiring killing people. Well, that's true. And he never like tries to do anything right. inappropriate yeah. but honestly she spin moves throws him out the window immediately so right. it may just not have escalated to that Mikey well, so, and before that he comes and just lays on her floor because apparently the sunglasses are like drugs yes also he's had an adrenaline rush from murdering people at a bank that's true uh, okay so <laughs> Holly so, yeah so he get, she's like can I have a drink <laughs> Yeah, she says, I'm not scared, I'm thirsty. So she comes and gets a drink, and it switches to an overhead shot. And this is my favorite part of the movie. This is awesome. It I lost is. my and shit like, when this you happened. You have a nice view outside. And he goes up to look, and we see this overhead, and she spin moves, smashes the glass into his head, and then kicks him through her window down the hill that they filmed uh, Princess Bride on. Yeah. <laughs> he falls a long way. But he, like, dusts himself off, and he was like, Man, well, game respect right. game. Yeah, game respect game. I do love that the next time they see each other, he's like, ha, you got me. Yeah, right. No, no, no. She's like, are you okay? I thought I killed you. And he's like, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, cool with it. Oh, all right. So he has fallen. And we also noticed that the glasses are still in her apartment. Yes. Uh, amidst the broken glass. And we also see her call with zero emphasis on any word call and robotically report <laughs> that she has been kidnapped yes officer said. i have been kidnapped but it, she, i thought she was talking to the cops but yeah, i don't was. think she was she knowing wasn't. that she's a traitor right 
But yeah, she's you know, working for the other side. Yeah, she's work, She's a turncoat, Mikey. Mm-hmm. She's a real Benedict Arnold. And he stumbles onto an overpass. Oh, he's, and he sleeps under it. Really sad. Yeah, and this is when he realizes right. that he's married. <laughs> he hugs himself. Yeah. He does, showing I'm off his I'm so ring. lonely. And he's like so holding himself and cold. And then he wakes up and then walks across the overpass. This is when the movie gets going. It's like, when he finds the glasses and starts killing people at the bank, then we're, it's, it's a roller coaster till the end. Well, it's interesting to me because when he finds the glasses and then has that newsstand scene... It gets real quick pace. He starts murdering people, and then mm-hmm. it slows the pace way down right here. Right. Well, okay. he has to look for the rest of the glasses. Yeah, exactly. That's true. But the whole going to find the other glasses out of the trash where he put them is a comedy of errors. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So he shows up at the construction site, and he's talking to Keith David, and he's saying, I got to show you something. Oh, my God. And Keith David does treat him like a dog here. Yeah. He's like, you better get. Yeah. You better get out of here, oh, dog. Boy. You murdered <laughs> You murdered cops. Get out of here. Get out of here. Right. I got a wife and kids. Get. Yeah. Yeah, and so he's got to go, and his face is on the news now, too. Yeah. But his short hair face, they don't have the mullet, which is, I guess, why they can't find him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's perfect disguise. I know, <laughs> if only. Oh, is that him? No, he's got a party going on in the exactly, back. That can't yeah. be him. Yeah. <laughs> We're not looking for that kind of man. Okay, so he goes into the alley, and he's looking in his genius hiding place, the garbage can. <laughs> he's not a smart man. He's not even a smart dog, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my dog would have done this all better. Uh, yeah. yeah, agreed. Okay, so he's looking through the trash can and he notices, uh oh, it's garbage day because now there's a big garbage truck in the alley. And so his idea is to jump in the back of this garbage truck and start looking through all the garbage, which, Barrett, as you pointed out, is actually the cleanest garbage in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Luckily man. for him. And this is the worst garbage man in the world because he, he opens the whole thing up and then accidentally dumps it all out. And the driver just doesn't care. He right. probably saw it. He was like, oh, fuck, I'm not cleaning that up. I'm, uh, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> the aliens can fire me. Right, and I thought there was going to be some kind of like... Crush mechanism? Yeah, yeah, crush. Like, I was picturing the scene from Star Wars, and then the, when the garbage truck started, I thought it was going to be like peril when he hit the cement or something, but he just kind of slowly slides out. Yeah, it's hilarious. I know. It actually <laughs> looks kind of fun. It's He it does. It sort of looks like he's in like a ball pit, and then someone's yeah. dumping the balls out, and he just like slowly falls into them. Mm-hmm. With like glasses intermersed throughout the whole thing. It's, yeah, because yeah. glasses in the box are spilling everywhere. Yeah, it's like what happens... like what you always want to do with your shredder. You know, you shred a bunch of paper and you just want to like throw it above your head. Like leaves when you were a kid. You would rake them into a thing and jump into them. He's doing that, but with the cleanest trash in the world. They had to cut out when he said, wee, all the way down. (laughs) The funny part about that scene is He's trying to get like this box full of glasses, but if you actually see the glasses that are in the box, there's like two pairs. Right. It's because I spilt everywhere. I know, and you can see them as they're tipping as they're tipping the trash out of the truck and he's driving away. And you but, see like three pairs trickle out at the end. It's hilarious. And because he kept running and jumping back into the pile because it was so much fun. Because he's, he's a dog and they love doing that shit. <laughs> oh, I do like the recasting. Come of on, Ronnie, come on. Retriever. Honestly, I'm gonna pitch something right now. Uh-oh. This movie, but done with the Homeward Bound yes. animals. Nice. Same actors as the Homeward Bound. I think it works. And they put their glasses on and other animals look human. Think about it. The two dogs, the two dogs in Homeward Bound are Keith David and Rowdy Roddy Piper and the cat is Holly Thompson. Okay, and then they like they put the gla- they like look at the billboards and it's like sit, stay. Oh, nice. <laughs> or like some of them are I just dog treats. <laughs> Well, if well, guys, we figured it out. (laughs) If you read the book, that's actually the sequel. Yes, absolutely. Oh my god, this is great! I love this. So, 
He finds his glasses. And then Keith David is there again. And he comes he, to give him money. Is that what it was? Yeah, he he tossed yeah. money in the the, the, the empty uh, box the of glasses. Box. He's like, look, man, I shouldn't even be helping you, but you're a good dude. But yeah. you murdered all those people. But here's some money. Don't just stay away from me. Yeah, just stay <laughs> hidden for a bunch of days. <laughs> right, yeah. but not so fast because Rowdy Roddy Piper needs <laughs> Roddy somebody Roddy, on his team. No, Rowdy Roddy Piper goes. You need to put these glasses on. And then he's like, if you don't put these glasses on, you're going to eat that trash can. <laughs> Not, Not this, this year. year. <laughs> I like, I love that response because it is very much like, a, hey, we might get to the point where I have to eat a trash can. But right now I'm doing all right. I don't think I'm going to need to this year. Yeah, slow it down. You're yeah. moving too fast. Yeah. I mean, it is a Mikey movie. That right? is fair. It's too much commitment. <laughs> These are movies I actually wrote in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love that instead of putting the glasses on and placating who you would probably think is a crazy person, he's just like, fuck you, I'm going to fight you to the death right now right. just so I don't have to put on Ray-Bans. <laughs> so I believe this is like the longest fist fight in like film history. It's up there. But I don't know if it actually broke records. It feels longer than the car chase scene in the movie Ronin. It's an amazing South Park scene. redid this scene on an episode with, between Timmy and Jimmy. I was like, oh, they're doing the fight scene from They Live when I was like in high school. <laughs> well, it reminds me of the fight scene between Peter and the chicken on Family Guy. Yes. Oh my yes. God. And yeah. that actually might break this record. I think it actually kicked them out. And apparently it's supposed to, and Jen, you may have this in your fact checking or whatever, but they were supposed to originally just go at it for a little while, but then Roddy Piper and Keith David decided to choreograph this huge thing that's like a a fight in five acts or something like that. It is. It makes complete sense. Reset, then beat each other's ass again. I know. It makes complete uh, sense that the two actors in this scene choreograph the scene. <laughs> because it's so slow paced. It's also it realistic. Yeah. Like, they get damaged. I will say it is realistic. I think my favorite part of this scene is when Rowdy Roddy Piper breaks the back window. What I, I think is supposed to be Keith David's car. And he's like, what? And then Rowdy Roddy Piper starts laughing. <laughs> yeah. No, no, he drops the thing. He goes, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, but then, then he starts laughing. Yeah, no, he yeah. laughs because Keith David breaks the bottle to try to use oh, his yeah, weapon and, and can... the whole thing shatters. And then that's what he laughs at. I know. Right. And it seems like that just happened and they kept that shot. Like they <laughs> right. did yeah. not intend yeah, for that to absolutely. happen. Well, there's a 100%. There's a part where he's faking that he's about to stomp the glasses and then he knees Rowdy Roddy Piper in the face. <laughs> How about the 30 seconds where Keith David is literally just kneeing Rowdy Roddy Roddy Piper in the nuts. I think Keith David tries to yes. dick punch him at one point. He says, you dirty motherfucker. Why, it's like, why does it happen this way? It's, the it's, funny it's, thing about this is it seems like they shot this over the course of 40 minutes and all they cut out was them saying, all right, what, what, do, you, what do you want to do next? Right, right. Hey, show me what that wrestling next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's like a suplex. There's a, there's there's a DDT. Like, yeah. The, the people's elbow does not make an appearance. No, that was, listen, The Rock the was remake. not around he it yet. He bashes yeah. Keith David's head into the concrete, Dude. and it's like bloody in the back, and it looks terrible. It I mean, like, it looks great, but like painful. Yeah. Kind of disturbed me a little bit. But it's like a six-minute fight scene. It's it insane. is. I think it's like five minutes and 40-something seconds. Oh, my God. When Keith David feels like he won and walks away, and then he's just like... <gasps> 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 and then you see Rowdy Ruddy Piper slowly walk up behind him. Like, we see like four steps of him walking towards him, and then they start fighting again. That shit 
was hilarious. Yes, it's it was like, amazing. It's like one of the scenes in Avengers where they like, destroy an entire city for five minutes, except this exists only in the alley. <laughs> and it's just the yeah. two of them. This is the most realistic fight scene to ever happen, except for the fight scene in Bridget Jones' diary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Movie. Anyway, he eventually makes puts the sunglasses on him. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, because oh, he, knocks, he passes out. Yeah, he knocks Keith <laughs> David out, and then he like just forces them onto his face. You know what's really funny is when he picks Keith David up to show him like outside of the alley, they start to fall off Keith David's face, and then you see Keith David sort of like put, hold them on his face. It's so funny. Oh, he's a pro man. Oh yeah, he Keith is, David is the only. Well, actor the first in this thing movie. he sees is a UFO. Yeah, right. Whatever that surveillance drone right, thing right. is. Yeah. yeah, and so now he realizes that that whole fight was for nothing, and now they can't do anything about it because they have to go to the hospital. But they don't go to the hospital. They go to a hostel and lay low together alone for like a week, slowly walking comedically, and they walk. <laughs> when they walk up to the clerk and ring the bell, and they're both just bloodied and beaten, uh-huh. and Keith David looks legit pissed at the hostel like manager. He's like, "We need a room." Right. <laughs> Well, calm down, Keith. But hold on, we have to stop and say the line because once he sees and he understands what's going on, he says, "Brother, life's a bitch, and she's back in heat." (laughs) Wow! And then he puts the sunglasses on and says, "Yeah!" Everything blows up in the background. I think you're confusing this. Yeah, welcome back to CSI. They live. (laughs) But I mean, that's the kind of thing they would say in CSI Miami. Yeah. So they go to this gross hostel and they're cleaning up. And he Keith David's asking him what what the fuck is going on. He's like, well, they ain't from Cleveland. Oh my god! <laughs> He's like, I don't need this right now. Do not make jokes. There's like aliens. Like you got to explain it exactly. to me for real. My head really hurts too. <laughs> but Keith David immediately establishes himself as the smart one. Yeah, he because he's like, well, why brain. don't we just find the people who made the glasses right. and then see what their plan is? Because yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper has no plan. <laughs> the conversation was, don't you have a plan? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we find the people who made the glasses? No, Rory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and so now we get his nighttime story about his daddy and why he ran away. Um, oh, yeah. Like, Jan, saved- tell us all about it. Oh, man. He was saved in a river, and he ran away when he was 13 because his daddy cut him with a razor blade and held it. And meanwhile, we're watching this in a close-up of him. So yeah. we can see his neck. And he's talking about him cutting him with a razor blade on his like neck. Like a saw. Like a saw going back and forth yeah. with the lack of scar staring us in the face. <laughs> So now he could have just been threatening, but it's just bizarre. And it reminded me a little bit of the scene um, in Gremlins where she's talking about her dad falling down the <laughs> chimney. <laughs> And it not it does not impact the story. It cuts in to Keith David way. and he's not paying attention to it at all. So it has to cut to Mogwai giving the reaction shot. <laughs> no, the, the whole the other dogs from home were bound. <laughs> the, the best part of this scene is like Keith David pretty much doesn't react. He's like, Well, we're gonna kill some aliens. And he's like, Yeah, we are because I ain't daddy's little boy no more. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, Oh, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. So now Meatloaf is back in the picture. Not Meatloaf. Did he find them in the hotel? Yeah, they randomly ran into each other at the hotel. Yeah, yeah. So Keith David goes out to get supplies. I don't know if you saw him, but they were potato laid chips. And beer. And bubble and gum. Beer. Yeah, and bubble gum. You don't want him to run out right. of bubble gum. You've got to keep that guy flush no, with the gum. Not. His blood sugar drops, man. Like he's <laughs> That's what it is. He's just a severe diabetic, and when he doesn't get enough blood sugar, he sees aliens. <laughs> anyway, so as Keith David is coming back, 
with blood sugar supplies, Bobo Meatloaf sees him and he follows him in. Right. And he says, we're having a meeting tonight and the world needs a, ma- a wake up call and we're going to phone it in. It's so much fun saying the lines of this movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so, and this is the one time where phoning it in is badass. Yeah, where you want to actually phone it in. So <laughs> they're back on the street, Roddy and KD, and they got their sunglasses at night because they are badass. Yeah, because they're Corey Hart fans. Exactly. Yeah, because Meat invited them to the big meeting. Yeah, and so they get to the safe house. <sighs> oh, man, this thing escalates so quickly. All right, we'll, really we'll get there. We'll get there. Because, so they walk in, yeah. and they're hearing people like, hey, we don't have enough people here. You guys aren't recruiting enough, and yeah. they're seeing like, this table full of guns. And, and the biggest plot development, they have contact lenses. Oh, yes, that's oh, right. Yeah. And they look at these contact lenses like I would probably look at contact lenses if somebody told me to put them on because con- that's terrifying. I don't know how to put contact lenses uh, on. Either. What you do is you put them in your eye. Last year, someone had to teach me how to do eye drops because I was like, Dude, I've never had to put eye drops on. I have tried it too. Someone was watching me and they're like, you have no idea what you're doing. And I was like, <laughs> that happens yeah. a lot to you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're just like shit all over my eyes. They're like, how do you get the eye drops in? <laughs> you just spray it all over your face. <laughs> yeah. Some of it gets you. <laughs> you are Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> you have no idea how eye drops work oh my god it's funny about this by the way because the, apparently the the glasses are like a drug right yeah and it, it gets yes. you it gets you uh gives you headaches and stuff like that but you can wear these contact lenses for like in perpetuity yeah and apparently no effects whatsoever uh barrett she says a line that oh, says these are a refined version that it doesn't have as much interference oh good catch. so when you guys when you guys say that the sunglasses are like a drug to me i didn't think it was the sunglasses that caused that I thought it was the murderous rage he had been in for 45 minutes killing people. It's because it's blood sugar. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so it was just his blood sugar. That right. was the problem. But the contacts don't have the interference with no. the headaches coming uh, down and up. They directly give yeah. you insulin. They're sugar-based yeah. contacts. You can wear them all the time. <laughs> it's like an insulin pump. Exactly. Nice. Meatloaf's saying, we need an assault squad. He's like, done and done, brother. Yeah. Yeah, but he's saying, like, go about mind your business, like, get more people in. And then we hear the old guy who was proclaiming the message from the beginning, and he's talking about Earth being acclimatized, and our atmosphere is becoming their atmosphere, and they are going to take over our planet, and they are viewing us as livestock. Right. And so that's the Global warming. And we also find out that they're trying to, like, reverse engineer one of the watches, and then it's a teleportation device or a transporter of some sort. And then this is when, when they all sort of congregate around not meatloaf and he right. started talking to them about we need to recruit more mm-hmm. this is not nearly enough people yeah. my favorite part of this scene is the, the one-upping between one of the resistance guys and Roddy Roddy Piper he's like uh, have you ever guys ever seen one of them teleport he's like uh, I have yeah right I have yeah but, but more cannot there's the watches right there yeah Roddy <laughs> he just like really wanted a club to be a part of he was like he super into this yeah honestly Roddy Roddy Piper when he came from Denver was either gonna join this or Scientology <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do go clear. I know. Oh, my God. It's basically one side or the other. Yeah. The war is coming. Now. Exactly. But anyway, so he sees Haley Thompson, Holly, Holly Thompson. Holly Thompson, because we find out that the signal is clean, and we hear a voice that we recognize from earlier in the movie. Um, and turns out Holly is there, and she's part of the resistance. Yes. So we I love think. this scene. Uh, and yeah, and so they are you okay? walk up to each other. I thought I killed you. Me too. I'm okay. <laughs> and then 
the wall explodes right next to him. <laughs> I lost my mind when that happened. But it escalates so quickly. It goes from like, so how you doing, man? I'm like, oh, I'm all right. I thought you. I thought I killed you. Yeah, I thought you killed me too. <laughs> Boom! Right. And then literally Uzi's going off everywhere. Yeah, and they're getting invaded by the police. And you can tell because of the flare guns. Yeah, there's red flares everywhere. Ever. Right, right. But they're shooting to kill this time. <laughs> That's oh true. yeah. yeah, except for Holly Thompson, uh, she gets away. She gets away. She is the only one that gets away. And if you see her when she leaves the um, like house that they're in or whatever, she's the only one that does not look scared when she leaves. And yeah. I thought I was like, man, she's not a great actress, but no, she's yeah. in on it. <laughs> she threw that family in front of her to get shot. Yeah, yeah. fuck, mm-hmm. she's a bad person. Oh, she yeah. is. But a bunch of the people in the resistance get killed, including Meatloaf. And I thought that Meatloaf was the one that had sold them out. You did, but it was Holly. It was yeah. well, and also other guy that we're going to meet in a minute. Yes, poor Z now Richardson. Um, so, <laughs> so now they are they are pinned down in the alley. And yeah, the they're police, fighting through the alley, shooting, yeah. shooting people. And not Rowdy Roddy Piper like one hand machine guns through some guy on the roof. Yes, it's insane. <laughs> and then shoots him thirty times on the way down. Oh, it's so good. He does like a Ben Stiller in Tropic Thunder where he goes out yes, and like, kneels down, absolutely and, like, shoots one handed. <laughs> With both of the machine guns. Okay, so they're in the alley, and they both do the cheesy looking around the corner to see the threat thing, but they've got to watch. And so this is how they're going to... And I say we... Roddy Roddy Piper and Keith David. Yeah, and Keith David is the one... He's sort of best friends for life! (laughs) So Keith David's sort of fucking with his watch, and then it starts to beep, and he throws it over his shoulder, and then it sort of, not explodes, but like emits a a really white light. Yeah. And Keith David is like, hey, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. Mm -hmm. And they're trapped in the alley. Like, there's no way out. They are, yeah. But they look back at where the watch was, and they see it's now just a big hole. Right. Uh, (laughs) And then Roddy Roddy Piper's like, hey, go down the hole. And the hole's counting down. Eight seconds. Yeah, uh, six this seconds. hole will self-destruct. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they will. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh Barrett. Okay, so now they're in an underground tunnel because that's where this yeah, hole well, has taken yeah, they, them. Yeah, that's yeah, where everything yeah, leads, uh-huh. Jen, into those uh, tight, tight the tunnels. The holes go into the tunnel, you know what I'm saying? That's how babies are I'm going to kick both of you through this window <laughs> and down the hill in a minute. <laughs> I think it's interesting you think she kicked him through the window. She didn't. She just punched him. So they're walking this hallway and yeah. they hear like a voiceover say the signs are, are bilingual. So they're like yes. in English and then the alien Which language Which is a too. lie because we look at a sign, it's just an alien. Well, it's yeah. not all the signs. It's just some of them. And some of them do have English under them. You have to wear the glasses. Oh. <laughs> you have to see all the languages. But they eventually like walk past some security guards. Yeah. And then they eventually like walk into this ballroom. They hear applause. Yeah. Yes. And we're into a fancy dinner party. And some guy is giving a speech, and the speech is that in the year 2025, and I will note, it is 2020 right now. Yeah, so we're we literally five years away from this, guys. So we got to find the guys that made those glasses, guys. Yeah. All right. So the planet will be t- under totally control. The planet will be under the control of the human power elite. And so they just are like sauntering into this meeting like it's nothing. Well, I think everyone there assumes that they're supposed to be there because yeah. they got into this right. secret layer place. But everybody's in super fancy tuxes except for mm-hmm. Keith David and Roddy Piper. Right. 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 Yeah. Dude is wearing like a trash stained flannel. Right. And, uh, <laughs> super tight jeans. Yeah. I mean, at least they're not bleeding anymore. So That's true. They yeah. They have healed. But um, they're talking about how like they've increased all of their capital and that the resistance Resistance has been squashed. And so then we see guy from the shantytown come up behind them, but now he's wearing a tuxedo and he's all rich and a jerk now. And he's saying, you guys should address for this occasion now that you can afford it. So we know that he has sold out. Yes. And he's the one that sold out the um, resistance. The resistance. Yeah. 
And I like how he just assumes that Roddy Piper and Keith David did too. He's like, oh, I didn't know you were one of us. Yeah, nice, nice. Nice to see you guys. Right, right. Yeah, hey, let me show you around. So they're walking around and he thinks they've been recruited. And so we get to see the spaceship teleportation thing. So apparently it works like one big airport. And what I love about this is this guy is like, I don't know how how it works. It just sends you places. Which is perfect. Like, this is one thing that I think this movie did very well. They didn't dig deep into how things work. Right. Because it doesn't matter. It sort of reminded me of that scene in Looper where Bruce Willis is like, don't fucking worry about how it works right and so now he's showing them into a control room and it's like a tv studio so roddy wants to go inside because he's never seen a tv show before so i didn't know until the very end of the movie the first time i saw this movie because i was like what so if they destroy the transmitter it just makes it where the tv doesn't control you but what it also does is their camouflage works right. from this transmitter. So when right. you destroy right. the transmitter, the aliens don't look human anymore. Exactly. Right. Like yeah. even the ones in public. Which you don't find out until the very end. No. Like, right. Why are they wanting to do this? Because <laughs> they want to take over the planet. <laughs> no, so, like why do they want to destroy the transmitter? I'm like, I don't oh. understand. Honestly, Roddy Ray Piper is just doing whatever the people who made the glasses tells him exactly. because he's a good boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he already got a treat at the end. So yeah, exactly. All right, so he asked, somebody asked for their authorization cards, and he says, here's my authorization card, and they just shoot him. Oh, yeah, and up to this point, the the, the former Slumtown millionaire guy does <laughs> nice. not have any idea that they're trying to blow anything up, so he's like, uh-huh. oh, shit! Right. <laughs> he, like, ducks out of the way, and then quickly, like, he, he uses his watch and disappears. Oh, wait, no. no but not yeah. before Roddy Roddy Piper grabs him by the goatee. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he gets goatee dragged yeah. into the control room. He says, you can't do anything. They're running the whole show. If they leave, they'll leave us alone if we just help him. Like while his hairs are being. Don't you want to live head. the good life? Yeah, we all do. We might we sell out every day. We might as well be on the winning team, which I think is kind of a thesis statement for the movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that when John Carpenter was talking to Rowdy Roddy Piper about this, he used words like thesis statement. Right. <laughs> I do wonder <laughs> if the dialogue Rowdy Roddy Piper had was more detailed, and they just slowly they just started. Changed. Oh, I'm 100% sure it was all (laughs) (laughs) ad-libbed. All right. So now they're inside the studio and they throw a grenade at a door or because something. Because it was locked, Jen. It was uh, locked door. So you open a locked door. <laughs> you got to throw a grenade next to it. Right. <laughs> okay, so they're in another room and now they're just wandering around. They kill a bunch of people. Like They, they kill sh- the anchors, don't kill, they? They're like, killing the they aliens kill as they a- see all them. the aliens yes. in, that, in that room. And they're letting other people go and the lady who tells them where the roof is, she gets a pat on the wrist and she gets to go. She's also pregnant way. holding coffee. Well, this is not the same lady, but yeah, there is a preg- oh, sorry, pregnant sorry. lady. <laughs> that's the one he asked where Holly is. Oh, right. that's right. Then later that's on, right. he's like, he's like, where's the transmitter? Is it on the roof? Where's the roof? How do you get to the roof? She's like, here it is. It's and she's that like, way. It's, it's the elevator on the left. And he's like, Pat, Pat, thank you. Um, so they're asking where Holly is, and they go, they go through a series of offices and a series through of, of hallways with pink walls and just shooting people right and left. And then we see Holly, and Mikey actually yelled this at the same time when he says, Holly. And she's just standing at the end of the hall And she's like oh this again Oh it's these guys I guess I'll go with them Uh Because he's a dog His tail starts (laughs) wagging and he just runs there (laughs) <laughs> I do like the golden retriever cut of this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I hope totally, that deep totally. fake technology gets far enough along that we can replace Roddy Roddy Piper and Keith David <laughs> with the two dogs from Homeward Bound and then Holly with the with cat. The cat. Oh. This is the best. So they go towards the roof. Like they yeah. fight some There's people in the stairwells. Stuff, yeah, yeah, it's nothing the alarms really important. go off. Right. <laughs> but yeah. right before they get to the roof, this is when you see betrayer yes because rowdy rowdy piper jumps or gets onto the roof yeah and leaves holly and keith david behind 
And Holly fucking shoots Keith David in the head. And yes. we don't actually see it. Yeah. We don't, don't see it. Saving him to possibly be alive in the sequel. <laughs> that but would be amazing. I would happened. watch it, man. I love it. They him. live again. Yep. They do. Yeah. They oh my God. Live. I'd love a They Live oh Again God, movie. Oh my God. Yes. John Carpenter, make that happen. All right. So Roddy Roddy Piper's on the roof and it's yeah. like, hey, Holly and Keith, are you are you safe? Wait, does he call him Keith? What's his name in the movie? Um, <laughs> Frank. 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 Frank is his Frank. name okay. in the movie. Right. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Roddy Roddy Piper to say um, his real name in the movie and they also, just keep it. The commentary on the movie, Roddy's name is Nada, the Spanish Nada. for nothing. <laughs> Nada, yeah. Because those are the amount of lines he was able to memorize. <laughs> and he's not Spanish at all. <laughs> no. So he's like yelling at the satellite and she walks up revealing <laughs> herself to have been a double agent. Yeah, the whole time. And she summons Flamecopter who is also revealed two. to There's be two sorry, helicopters. Really? Flamecopter yes. and his brother, Space Flamecopter. Oh my god. So they rise up revealing themselves to be double agents the whole time too. <laughs> and then Roddy Piper's got a giant gun pointing at Holly and she's like, put it down. Yeah, we can still salvage this relationship. <laughs> yeah, we can still make this work. He's like, I don't want relationships. No. <laughs> but he drops the gun. I want treats. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a gun he's inside got a- the <laughs> wristband of his thermal shirt. I like that it's never been shown or talked no. about. He might as well have pulled it out of his wrist. Yeah, they never established the three-shot pistol he has in his sleeve. He's got a derringer in his sleeve. Man. Shoots Holly. Oh, but yeah. He says, fuck it. And he shoots the satellite. Then shoots the satellite. And then he gets shot. Well, he gets oh. shot while he's shooting the satellite. Yeah. 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 yeah, by the way, him shooting her is is ridiculous because... You've seen all these gory, uh, uh, Todd was talking about like the shotgun blast in the bank where like the blood's yeah. going everywhere. And it, this is like a, a naked gun type of thing because yeah. he shoots it her. Is. You see nothing except her expression going, oh, yeah, and, and she then she falls down. Slowly fades backwards. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You you only can assume that either the special effects guy wasn't there that day or <laughs> that he shot her below where the camera was framed. So she was like shot in the stomach. She's going to be fine. No, because right. the roof blows. That's up. fair. The roof does explode. Oh, and then, well, then the, the final shot of him is just him flicking off the police helicopter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cut to boobs. Yeah. Well, OK, so we see a news broadcast Yeah. and we see uh, people like screaming and running through because now. Now the, and if you notice, like the aliens, they are the two anchors, but they're not in black and white anymore. Like their faces right, yeah. are like green now, which I didn't actually realize until the very last shot. And so now they can see all the masks. There's a guy that's at the bar um, and everybody's looking at him like, and he's just frozen in time. Right. But everybody can see that he's an alien. And then we have some boobs and a lady. <laughs> a lady's top. having sex with an alien. Right. Yeah. Well, but she didn't know. It was yeah. an alien. She didn't know. And she's enjoying herself and then looks down and notices her hands are in a big pile of oozy, gross formaldehyde skin. <laughs> <laughs> and he said I wrote down what he said but it left he's like what what's wrong baby <laughs> yeah, something yeah. like that yeah and that's the movie yeah and that is the movie guys yeah, uh, roll the go. credits awesome. yeah oh. oh my god so having seen the movie having talked about the movie final thoughts having what do you guys think about it I mean I love it <laughs> yeah Barrett what do you think about it can I tell you my last note for this movie yeah oh uh, hell yeah the, the last third of this movie was written by cocaine <laughs> Because I think, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is after being movie. so slow and so like deliberate and everything at the beginning, it just absolutely like hit the gas and like forgot like, how to movie. It just decided I'm just going to forgot how to movie. Stuff. 
Yeah, I'm just, just going to throw stuff at it, yeah. and we'll see what happens. It's the 80s. We're all going to get, like, uh, coked up and everything. Anyway, so, Absolutely. Yeah, I think it was written by cocaine. There's a part in the middle when he goes into the bank where it's like the movie is written by cocaine, too, and I think they ran out. And then the scene in the alley was when the dealer was like, or they were going to track down the dealer, and then they finally get back with the cocaine right around the Their time. dealer was only available on weekends, right. and this movie was written over the course of two weeks. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's a classic. It is. <laughs> so, Jen, what do you think about it? Final thoughts. I mean, I like the message of it, and it's bonkers. I would have preferred it if the entire movie was written by cocaine, I think. Like, the parts that are slow are slow. Yeah, but I mean, it was fun. Well, I mean, I'll just say, I think that this is a perfect movie for today. I think yeah. everyone should be forced to watch this movie <laughs> in school just so they can understand the world that they're going to have to work in. Well, that's because true. it is there so true for what life is like now. It's insane. It, it does have an oddly, like, relative message right yeah. now. But yeah, but I mean, yeah. things are the same back then. Like, everything is cyclical, and we're sort of coming to that same point yeah. in time. Well, I think we're coming to the end of this cycle. Hopefully. Well, yeah, and we were coming to the end of that cycle, too, because mm-hmm. the time they're complaining about then is like the end of that first Reaganomics era when mm-hmm. George H.W. Bush was elected president, and he only got one term because the public sentiment about trickle-down economics turned against him, and we hired Bill Clinton. Exactly. So I picked this movie because of the philosophy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> How deep it is. Absolutely. Yeah, philosophy. absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, I will say, if I had been watching this by myself, I would not have made it to the sunglasses, I don't think. <laughs> I could definitely have seen you turning this movie off beforehand. Oh, yeah. But... I would have watched this fucking thing through and then rewound it and watched it again. I mean, it's this isn't so bad it's good movie. It I is. Think. But it's also a so bad it's good movie with an amazing message. True. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I can't believe I said that. All right, let's talk box office. All right. So what do you guys think the production budget for this movie? Remember, it was filmed probably 1987. Eight million dollars. Okay, Jen, what do I you think? I think I know, so I'm going to recuse. Okay, myself. so Barrett, do you know? Do you have a guess for what you think the production budget was? Carpenter usually was low budget, low, low budget. I think it was under five. Wow. Okay. <laughs> nice. It was four million dollars. Wow. Good for you. Barrett. Yeah, that's oh, amazing. Really? That's a great guess. <laughs> and CinemaSins guys are smart. Man. I know they actually know what they're talking about. <laughs> guys, listen to CinemaSins podcast. Uh, so domestically, it made fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Wait to make it to international. Oh, sorry. Domestically, it made thirteen million dollars. Nice. All right. And its opening weekend, it made its money back. It made $4.8 million in its opening weekend. Internationally, it made $774. (laughs) So it wasn't great internationally. Normally, I do have like um, DVD and Blu-ray sales. Mm -hmm. I don't have it on this movie because they weren't tracked because it came out way before then. In its first week out, it was the number one movie. It beat a movie called U2, Rattle and Hum, Everybody's (laughs) All-American. It beat The Accused. Oh. And Halloween 4. Oh, oh. Well, now, I will this say this. Out? Yeah, so it came out November 4th, 1988, and The Accused yeah. and Halloween 4 had been out for four weeks and six weeks, respectively. So they had been out for a while. Rattle and Hum got a pretty limited release, I think. Really? Because nobody saw that movie. Rattle and Hum was in 1391 theaters. They Live was in 1463. So it wasn't a lot really? more theaters. Wow. Yeah. wow. But this was released with John Carpenter's name, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. That's probably how it got a lot of that. I'm sure. Yeah. John Carpenter's produced a lot of great stuff. So Also, probably a lot of wrestling fans. I'm sure that's theaters? true. I mean, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You probably Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's box office. Jenny has some fun facts for us. I do have some fun facts. Awesome. Okay, so, and hold on. I have one that I understand now that I've seen the movie. (laughs) 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 Anyway, so this was based on the 1963 short story 
8 o'clock in the morning by Ray Nelson. <laughs> it's a science fiction story. So the fact that this is based on anything is insane <laughs> to me, but well, awesome. So, and Carpenter actually saw it as a comic book adaptation. Okay. That's the fr- and so then he sawed out the story to read. So what happens is a man is hypnotized and he awakens and all of the humans in the world around him are also hypnotized and they're under control of aliens. And the man has until 8 a.m. to solve the problem. What Sounds happens at 8 a.m.? Okay. I don't know why it's 8 a.m. That huh. doesn't seem but like you a, can read it. Yeah. Okay. John Carpenter wrote this under a pseudonym because at this point he was <laughs> tired of his name being all over everything. And I think this was right around the time Christine had come out and that was not really well received. But so he wrote it under the name Frank Armitage. And I'm not sure what Keith David's name in the movie is, but I think it's Frank. And I'm yeah, not sure it's if Frank. it's Frank Armitage. But so that was the name he wrote it under and then used that name in the movie. And that was inspired by a Lovecraft character, Henry Armitage from the Dunwich Horror. Interesting. But, so this was definitely influenced by Reaganomics. Yeah. So John Carpenter was just thinking, what if the Reagan revolution was controlled by aliens? And I think that's a very clear message. It's, it's very like, clear, yeah. The 1% are not part of our world, and they're not trying to be. They're trying to use our world. That makes sense. But it was um, inspired by his distaste for consumerism and commercialization, which I think you can very clearly see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's as much as I love the message in this movie, it is pretty heavy-handed. You know? yeah. It's real hard to miss it. Um, Okay, so Rowdy Roddy Piper, some facts about him in this movie. So he met John Carpenter after WrestleMania 3, because John Carpenter is a big wrestling fan. And they ended up having dinner, and he was looking for somebody to star in this movie. And what I read about this was that basically they were having dinner, and he was like, yeah, so do you like stuff? Yeah, stuff's great. Hey, do you want to be in my movie? Sure. But if you you take out the word stuff and insert the word cocaine, Cocaine. that's the actual conversation. (laughs) And I mean, you can see it playing out, you know, yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't think he put a whole lot. I think he wanted to be an wanted to transition into acting. Sure, a lot of wrestlers do that and do it well. I mean, well, wrestling is acting. Yeah, absolutely. Like The Rock, uh, Hulk Hogan did it. The Rock is probably the most successful. I don't know. Have you not seen Big Thunder? (laughs) (laughs) I have actually. Have you, dude? It's great, right? No. Oh, there have been actually, uh, you know, good turns. Like I, you know, The Rock is serviceable in what he does. Yeah, John Cena has been funny in some things yeah. that uh, that yeah. he's done. Uh, even Gina Carano has oh, done a yeah. few things. Mm-hmm. Dave Bautista has done some pretty high level stuff. Wasn't Hulk Hogan in No Holds Barred? Yes. Yeah. I think Hulk Hogan wrote No Hold Bard. (laughs) Okay. So um, you guys mentioned this, the little prop things that they're talking into that look like Ghostbusters. Because this was a pretty low budget, they did use those props. Those are the actual ones from Ghostbusters. They're the actual ones? (laughs) They are. I made this whole joke throughout (laughs) watching the movie that Egon was in on it and one of the aliens because of those props. (laughs) Yeah. So they're the The actual The thing that looks like the ghost detector? Yeah. Those are the ghost detectors. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. The uh, the glasses that they use are leftover props from Big Trouble in Little China. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) because they just had a bunch left over. That's amazing. Yeah, John Carpenter actually improvised the score to this movie, (laughs) which I was reading that and I was really impressed. And then I heard it and I was like, oh. Yeah, I can see it. He's kind of just noodling around John Wayne. He literally like 
sat in his office for 90 minutes and like ad-libbed this whole score and then di- did the whole nailed it wrap it up boys well he actually went into the studio and oh the guy god. the sound engineer played the movie and he's just like noodling around so kind of oh yeah. my god yeah <laughs> um, so the you know that scene at the beginning where he's wa- wandering over yes the, uh, like the tempo of the music that for the whole thing was set to his footsteps <laughs> as he was walking over the train tracks i'm into it that's great nice. but he also was the one who says the word sleep the sleep sleep, sleep oh and they just slow okay. his voice down yeah and i mean john carpenter i like the score to halloween that's a, yeah he's done some good scores oh, of course. Yeah. yeah and i like the one to christine and too. i'll say this to be able to like improv a score that's this good right. it's not great but this good yeah you gotta be a great musician oh, to do yeah. that improvisation is hard so they wrote the role specifically for keith david because this was after the thing and and keith david is amazing he's great yeah the fight scene took three weeks to rehearse <laughs> i'm sorry the thing that they filmed over the course of 45 minutes yeah no, okay they, like really planned it out and i heard in the script it just kept saying like fight continues next page fight continues next page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they may have written down like gets a board or like yeah. knee crotch oh my god way. some of the most expensive scenes were the ones where they had to replace all of the ads because and you said at this point it looks like an ad and then a painting yes and like a drawing or something yeah. Yeah, yeah okay yeah. Uh, because that was really like they couldn't make simultaneous billboards because you would have had to like so they had to create all of those sets in the grocery store and like make all of those little things and the labels that go all over them and they said that ate up a lot of their budget I bet it would be super time consuming too yeah yeah, yeah. but it looks really cool it, does, it looks it does great look cool. yeah I think Barrett's right I think the effects kind of hold up yeah I, I mean they're so practical too. I think maybe just the little observation drones yeah that aren't practical effects yeah. but everything yeah, else yeah. looks great that, and those look great too and, and Holly's death scene does not well, those, those aren't even practical effects. That's they're no, they're not, not special effects. effects. They're not practical effects. They're no effects. She they're, fell down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's why she and Roddy Roddy Piper He wildly together. missed that shot, and she just stumbles. Okay, so this movie has a, become kind of a cult classic now, but yeah. it has also been embraced by some problematic people. And because the message, I think, is so heavy-handed, some assholes read into that message, too. So this is Alex Jones's favorite movie. Oh my god! And if you look oh at no. like, what you're ruining this. I know. Sorry. But I get so, it now, Mikey. Well, I get why you like it so much. <laughs> because if you look at like the guy, because I had read that and I was watching it, like the guy who was breaking into the commercials and like talking about a lot of this conspiracy theory. I mean, you can kind of see mm. elements of that. It's just that this is actually real. I, I equate that to someone who's like watching Fight Club and thinks that Tyler Durden is the hero of that movie. Exactly. You're literally yeah. just missing the point of the movie. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. But Rowdy Roddy Piper was actually on Alex Jones's show and they were kind of fanning out about each other. So this has also been embraced by white supremacists. Really? Yep, saying it's an example of anti-Semitism. This is why we can't have nice things, guys. Exactly. The allegory is saying that like Jewish people run the world. And there are examples Uh. that I read, but I'm not going to give them because it's bullshit and I don't want to play into any more theories. Yeah, it's stupid. Again, it's people missing the point so hard they don't understand what the movie's about. Uh And just trying to shoehorn their own propaganda into it. But so John Carpenter actually tweeted about that what he said is they live is about yuppies and unrestrained capitalism it has nothing to do with jewish control of the world which is slander and a lie which, good for him man i know me man, too good for him and i think that's clear like if you're watching this movie you have to really try to dig for any oh yeah you're, you're like a little past gen levels of projection exactly if you're seeing it that way <laughs> like way <past. laughs> right. yeah 
And those are my fun facts. Well, thank you for your fun facts, Jen. You're we welcome. appreciate it. I wish I had a more fun one on to end on. Okay, I, oh, I've got one. Did you know Rowdy Roddy Piper was also a professional wrestler? What? He was. Nailed it. <laughs> so, Jen, do we do Scary Scale? I think we I think we have scale. to do Scary Scale, right? Although I'm pretty sure I know what everyone's <laughs> yeah, going to be. Yeah, we do do Scary Scale. But let's do Scary Scale. Hey, listeners, our scary scale is a scale we use to, to rank the scariness of the movie. It's not a ranking of the quality of the film. It's how scared we were today when we watched it. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Barrett, what would you rank They Live? I would say a negative seven. <laughs> yeah. You can't go negative, but so I'm going to default to a one. But yes, yes I agree absolutely. with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm going to say one as well. Mikey? Uh, definitely a one. Yeah, and yeah, Jen. I'm going to give it a one. Yeah, I mean, one's all right. It's not scary. Yeah. I think people should watch this movie, though. I love it. I, I it did enjoy it, and I like the message, yeah. And, I mean, it's not over-the-top horror. Like, we kind of had to make it fit as a horror movie. You know, and John Carpenter is really the Yeah, connection. John Carpenter's the connection and the reason we did this. Yeah, right, absolutely. Right. Although, like, there is aliens. I would consider that hard. And there's a few jump scares. I got God. <laughs> Jen got, got scared God. at one point. Which is yeah. funny. So this week you guys made me watch They Live. What are you making me watch next week? There's no they. It's just me this month. So Mikey, what are you making me watch next week? So guys, um, one of the movies that Mikey suggested a while ago that I actually really enjoyed, although it disturbed me for life, was The Collector. And so Oof. next week we are going to be watching The Collection. The nice. Collection. All right. Well, guys. Yeah. So watch The Collection. For next week. Yeah. Absolutely. Mikey, are you ready to read a review? Just edit it to where I'm ready. I always do. So we're going to read a five-star review. And when I say we, I really mean Mikey. So he's going to look one up. While he's looking it up, just remember, if you want us to read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. And we will read it. And and if you leave like a funny accent or something like that, Mikey can have some fun with it. It's a lot of fun. All right. This one is from Miss Inky. Oh, nice. Uh, She's a binge-worthy. My favorite podcast. (laughs) My favorite trio to listen to. The blend of personalities works so well. Mikey's laugh is infectious. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Todd's jokes and yeah. Jen's way of explaining the oh. movie makes oh. it easy and fun. Listen. Thank you. Oh, thank Ms. you so Kimber. much. Oh, thank Five stars. You. Well, thank you so much for that, Miss Kimber or Miss Inky. Yeah. That's a very sweet and nice review. And guys, leave us a five-star review and we'll read your five-star review. We will, yeah. So before we do our plugs, I'd like to thank Barrett for joining us yes, today. thank you. Thank you, guys. This was, so this was fun. Yeah, Barrett's absolutely. my friend. Yeah. So Barrett is obviously from CinemaSins, but do you want to uh, plug some of the stuff that you guys are doing over there? I know you guys do a lot every week. We do do a lot. Uh, we do a uh, weekly podcast called The Sincast. Uh, we have two CinemaSins videos every week at YouTube.com. Uh, Seriously, I have to say YouTube.com slash CinemaSense. Just go to CinemaSense. Uh, yeah. We also do music video sense. We do TV sense. Uh, we have another podcast called Behind the Sins, where we look at uh, behind the, the the process of creating these videos. So yeah. check us yeah, out. Yeah, and Jonathan Friend is of often on our podcast. Mm-hmm. He's actually our guest in residence for our Friend of the 13th series. Right. So uh, listeners will be aware of who that is and that podcast, hopefully. Yeah. If you want to follow our stuff, we are at HorrorVirgin.com or at HorrorVirgin on socials. Uh, if you want to follow us individually, Jen is at Jen Ferratu. Mikey is at M. Randolph 24, and I'm at Todd J. Awesome. Barrett, what social do you want to have them follow you guys on? Uh, we are at CinemaSins and at Music Video Sins and really at TV Sins. Nice. So basically awesome. those three 
Uh, you'll cover your bases. Uh, and I am at Todd J. Awesome if you guys want to follow us on socials. Uh, and guys, if you can help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin. We have a lot of great awesome stuff and a lot of great awesome levels, bonus episodes, a lot of great video content, listener requests that all yeah. levels can both request and vote on. So guys, check it out. It's all there online. And if you can't help financially support the show, but still want daily free content and an awesome supportive community, go to facebook.com slash groups slash horror virgin for our Facebook Facebook group it's like 700 people it's awesome guys check it out since everybody's been kind of quarantined like it's really coming together people are posting videos it's, yeah it's, it's awesome really cool and uh, we are obviously a member of the consequence podcast network so check out some of their great shows like, like uh kyle meredith with this must be the gig the opus Ghost What's the new Echo. one? Ghost, Ghost Echo. That's the, the one. Yeah. One. There's the Assembly. There's the Fifth Dimension. There's... That's just a podcast about my dating stories. <laughs> but there's also Halloweenies and Losers Club, and you can catch me sometimes on the Losers Club. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and check out their website too because I've been writing some. Yeah, stuff Jen gets that. published on there all the time. I mean, it's kind of it's no big deal, guys. I love your pieces, by the way, Jen. Oh, I, I read them as much as I can. Uh, they're always very insightful oh. uh, and really has a nice perspective that. You know, I don't always consider. Uh, so I really appreciate those. Oh, well, thank you. That's Aww. so kind of you. Aww. She is so red right now. I know. I know. She looks like a tomato in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. She's got the Rona. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we got to get out of here. Then, yeah, guys. she got the Rona. I got a Goa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this podcast is a bitch and it's back in heat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm glad you're the one saying it, not me. Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to say it. I was going to say it. Well, I mean, I did come here to podcast and chew bubble gum. And I'm all on a podcast. All podcast, yeah. So, so that's going to be it from us, guys. Thank you again, Barrett, for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you so guys. much, Barrett. Uh, I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm the Horror Virgin Todd, guys. <laughs> Have an amazing week. Bye. Who's going to say a funny thing? Bubblegum nerds. No. <laughs> All right, we got to take uh, Roddy Piper out back and put him down. Oh. <laughs> like old Yeller? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I'll do it, Paul. He my dog. <laughs> Consequence Podcast Network.